You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again at OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online and in iTunes because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So again, thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we're going to be talking about expiration week, and we're actually releasing this show on Monday of expiration week. So Thursday, Friday this week is expiration. And so when expiration week usually comes around, most people start to panic (laughs) and rush through decisions. And so hopefully this podcast is going to maybe hit you at the right time and help you decide on how to manage some of the trades that you have during options expiration week. And really, it's ultimately going to help you decide, do I close my position or do I roll or adjust my position moving forward? And so what I'm going to do in this show is kind of go through like a little mini checklist of things that I think you should consider in order because this is this is kind of the thought process that I have when I get into expiration week of how my mind works and how I go down my list of things to check as we get into expiration week. And so before I even begin to get into this checklist, I think there's one thing that I have to say, and that is that you have to remember as we kind of outlined in show 18, I believe it was kind of dealing with assignment and expiration. You have to remember that most assignment during options expiration week happens late in the week. So really, most assignment in general happens the week of expiration, but then most of that inside of that week, so like narrowing down the focus inside of the expiration week, most of the assignment that happens happens towards the latter end of the week. And the reason for that is because most of the time there's still a little bit of extrinsic or time value or volatility value left in most of these contracts. So even though you might have a position that might be in the money, either slightly in the money or even very far in the money, it doesn't necessarily mean that you will be assigned because it's now expiration week. So like today, it's Monday. It doesn't mean that Monday of expiration week, you're going to be assigned. We've often gone all the way to Thursday and before not being assigned and having a chance to manage positions. So what I tell people is, is that please make sure that as you're going into expiration week, because it does come up and it does create a little bit of anxiety for some people. As you get into expiration week, please do not rush or panic. You have plenty of time and plenty of opportunity to adjust, manage, close, roll, whatever you want to do for your positions. When I actually went back and kind of tracked all of our trades that we have, again, you can find all of our performance metrics on the website by going to optionalpha.com and then searching performance. When you find, when I go back and track all of that as far as how many times we've actually been assigned during expiration week, it is less than a quarter of a percent of the time. I mean, very, very small. In fact, most of the time that we actually get assigned, we'll record a video that day and put it out. And there's only a couple videos of actually walking through the assignment process live on air. So if you want to see those, I'll also go on over to the show notes page at optionalpha.com slash show 70. That's just the number 70 optionalpha.com slash 70. We'll have links up to some of those expiration assignment videos where I actually kind of show you how we dealt with assignment when it happens. But the key is, again, when we actually track this over thousands and thousands of trades, we don't get assigned that often. So it doesn't happen all too often. And maybe because of the steps that we take to kind of manage these trades early in the week. All right. So 
Again, what I say is, you know, as you start to get into expiration week, usually the Monday, Tuesday of expiration week, you want to start working down this list. And so I'm going to go through kind of like a mini checklist that might help you as you get towards the expiration week. The first thing that you have to really ask yourself as you get into this expiration week is, is your trade profitable? Now, most of the trades that we put on obviously are short premium, meaning we're option sellers. And most of the time you should have an automatic closing order. So if you sold a strangle or an iron condor, you'd be closing it out at 50% of the credit that you received. And many, many of you have that automatic closing order that's always working for you because you work a job or you don't want to watch the markets. But when you get to expiration week and that order has not been executed, it means that you haven't quite reached that 50% profit target yet. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not profitable. It just might not have been as profitable as you needed it to be to execute that automatic working order. So you first have to ask yourself, is the trade profitable? And if it is, I suggest taking it off. So at expiration week, if we have a trade that is marginable profit-wise, so maybe it's making $10 or $20 or $50, but we thought it was going to make $200 or $300, it's still profitable. I think the best course of action is just to take off the trade and move on to the next one, right? So that's the first thing. Take off the profitable trades. And really the whole idea here is clean up your plate, right? Like clean your bedroom up. Take the trades off of your portfolio and off of your mind that are profitable even marginally, and move on to the next one. So if they're not profitable, then you continue on to the next step. Now, step number two is how bad is the position? So if it's not profitable, you have to then ask yourself, okay, well, how much money am I losing in that position? Am I really close? Like, am I down 10 bucks, $20, right? Is it just barely losing money, but it could be profitable soon? Or is it way off? Like I'm talking like, is the trade way, way, way off from where it should be? So if we sold a credit spread, let's say we sold the 50, 51 call credit spread, and now the stock is trading at 70, well, that trade is way off. There's probably not a good chance that the stock is going to go from 70 back down to 50 in the next you know, three or four days. So if you then ask yourself, okay, how far off is this position or how bad is this position? My suggestion here is if the trade is way off, meaning that your strikes are either deep in the money or if you're buying options are far out of the money, I just suggest close the position or let it expire because the further in the money the position is, especially with short premium trades, the more at risk of assignment you're going to be. Again, it's not that you will be assigned. It's just the more at risk your assignment is because you have less extrinsic value. It's so deep in the money that the extrinsic value is very, very small. So if you're really far off, I say just close out the position and move on to the next trade. If you're kind of on the dance floor, if you are on the fence, meaning that your trade is just barely losing money or if it's maybe it's you know a dollar or two away from making money, I think that you move on to the next step. Okay, so step number three is now asking yourself, okay, if this position is now just starting to lose a little bit of money, but it's not really far off. Step number three is, can you adjust this thing now in the current month to dramatically reduce the risk this month? And really what that means is, can you roll in one side, meaning move in the put side or move in the call side, do something to adjust this position in the current month? Yes, with a couple days left to go that will dramatically reduce the risk for this month. Now, sometimes you may have just forgotten about this trade and you realize, hey, yeah, I've got an extra leg that's really, like my put leg is really far out there. I can move that put side leg all the way in 
and take in a dollar premium for the next three days. And that might help turn this thing around and kind of recenter the trade. But please do not adjust the trade if you're going to move in one side to take in $5 of premium, right? It's just not worth doing. So the key here is you've got to be able to dramatically reduce risk this month. Now, I will tell you from experience that this often doesn't happen. So you probably adjusted the trade along the way that now it's kind of, you know, at the last you know week of expiration, you've probably done as much as you can that there's really not too much more you can do. But if there is, it's got to really reduce the risk in the trade and it's got to really increase your potential for success. And look, it's a little bit subjective. I get it, but hopefully it gets your gears moving as far as how you can look at it. Now, if you can't reduce it or reduce the risk, you go on to step number four. Now, step number four is first asking yourself, what does your portfolio need for the next month? Now, this is where people often fail. I often find in coaching with a lot of people is that you first have to ask yourself before the decision to roll the contract or close the contract is you have to look at your portfolio next month. Now, most broker platforms, especially the one that we use with Thinkorswim, gives you the the ability to analyze your portfolio and specifically target different expiration dates. So we can actually go into our portfolio analyzer. We got videos on this in the website. So you guys can just search portfolio beta waiting, but you can go in and you can look at say, Hey, I just want to look at my December portfolio or my January portfolio or whatever. And you can just quickly toggle to look at that portfolio by itself without the interference of, you know, the other months and other contracts that you have. So what I often do is the week of expiration, I'll go in and we do this on the strategy call on Sunday night with elite members, the week of expiration. And we go in and we look at our, you know, next month's portfolio. So, okay, after this expiration period, what does our portfolio look like next month? And if next month's portfolio is pretty balanced and pretty even, then that's good. That at least lets me know that, hey, even if I do nothing right now with this position, if I don't roll it to next month, Next month's portfolio looks pretty good, but sometimes what might happen is that next month's portfolio might be a little bit too bearish or a little bit too bullish. We might have too many call credit spreads or too many put credit spreads, right? And so looking ahead towards next month can then help you make that decision of whether or not you want to roll any of your existing positions to the next month. So I'll give you an example. Let's say that our next month's portfolio is really, really bearish, meaning we've got a lot of call credit spreads and we generally want to see the market go down next month. Well, it might be a good idea to roll some of our put credit spreads that are marginal right now to the next month because that might help give us some balance. So put credit spreads are generally a bullish strategy. Next month's portfolio has a lot of bearish strategies already. So yes, rolling the contracts, if it's possible, which we'll go through in five and six, step five and six, if it's possible, might give our portfolio next month a little bit more balance. Now, if we have any call credit spreads this month, if we can roll them to next month, we're just going to be even more bearish next month. So again, not that it definitely says you should do something or should not do something. It's just thinking in that context of what does your portfolio need next month and that help might help determine which contracts and positions you want to roll. So that was step number four, determining your portfolio needs for next month. Step number five now, after you've kind of looked at that and analyzed that, is can you roll the current position for a credit to reduce risk? Now, this is probably my like biggest thing that I try to tell people to do is that if you have a short premium trade, and again, we're mostly talking about option selling here because that's what we do. If you have a short premium trade, 
Can you roll that trade for a credit? Now think about the logic behind this. Why would we want to roll a trade for a credit? Because if we can roll a trade for a credit, we're getting paid to extend the trading timeline and then we get more time, an extra 30 days for the market to turn around and become favorable. So we're getting paid and we're getting more time, which is the, I guess, the benefit of doing this, right? You roll for a credit. If you can't roll for a credit, and I see this often, in fact, I just got an email from somebody on uh, Saturday night heading into expiration week. They said, hey, I can roll, but it's going to cost me a $10 debit. Should I do it? No, you don't want to pay for more time because when you pay for more time by rolling for a debit, which means it costs you money, you just basically guarantee that you have or you have more of a loss for sure. Yes, you have more time, but you have more of a loss for sure. You've guaranteed a bigger loser next month if it doesn't turn around. So for me, I don't think that's ever worth the risk. I think you reset the probabilities and reset the trade if you can't roll for a credit. So again, number five is, can you roll it for a credit? And if so, you got to still ask yourself, do you want to continue this position based on the answer in number four, which is what does my portfolio need? And if you do want to continue the position, then go ahead, roll it out, right? If not, then you have to remove the position. If you can't roll for a credit, again, I will say it again to really drive on the point. If you cannot roll for a credit, it is not worth doing. Reset the position, reset the probabilities in the next month and start over with a clean slate. Okay, because it's not worth doing. It's not worth being right, air finger quotes. It's not worth being right just for the sake of potentially losing more money. All right, so number six here is if you cannot roll for a credit then, so we kind of worked all the way down this list and we basically decided, look, we can't roll it, we can't do anything with it. Now what do we do? Well, if you can't roll for a credit, think about closing out your strategy as strategically as you can. And what I mean by this is look at each individual leg that you have and try to think about the most strategic way that you can close out of that position so that you either A, minimize the loss or risk, or B, leave a little bit of value that's left that you can kind of like squeeze out of the remaining position. So what I always do is I remove short options that are in the money first. Remember, those short options that are in the money are always at risk of assignment first. So you want to get those positions off first. Then what I'll look to do is I'll look to get out of any long positions that have some value left in them. So if we have, let's say, a long call or a long put that was part of a spread or an iron condor, if that's got some value left in it, I'm going to try to get some of that value by buying that or by selling that option back in the market. So if there's $10 of value left in it, great. I'm gonna try to get 10 bucks out of it. There's $5, great. If there's a dollar, probably not gonna get even filled to even get value out of it. And it's gonna cost me more in commissions than it would be just to let it expire, okay? So try to get out of those long options that have value. Also try leaving on any legs that are out of the money and short that could decay a little bit more in value. So if you have, let's say an iron condor and one side of it is really being challenged, Only close the one side that's being challenged or threatened. Leave the other side on to decay and expire worthless if it's out of the money and, you know, kind of like far away. Because that side may have, you know, $10 of value left and you may have traded three spreads on that side. You've got $30 plus savings and commissions. Don't close that side. So again, you've got to really strategically look at your positions and try to pick and choose which ones you want to exit individually. And again, I do this as part of our you know, pro and elite membership because I send out the alerts with all the positions that we have and how we get out of them strategically towards expiration week. 
But this is all stuff that you guys can do. It just takes a little bit of patience and again, not rushing or panicking through the process. All right, so we've basically gone over kind of like the six steps and checklist things that I go through during expiration week. Hopefully it was really helpful. There's two other points that I want to just make here as we kind of wrap up this segment before we get into the closing bell. And that is one, you have to be aware of the gamma risk in expiration week. So what is this? We've talked about this often, but this is basically the concept that pricing in options will move very quickly as the stock moves the week of expiration. So if you have a, let's just take a really extreme example, an option contract that's 90 days out, that option contract is not going to move that much with the price of the stock because there's a lot of volatility built in and there's a lot of time decay built in. That option contract is 90 days away. Compare this to an option contract that's three days from expiration, has pretty much no volatility priced in anymore and pretty much no time decay priced in anymore. It's just going to move based on the value of the stock. So as the stock goes up a dollar, the contract might go up a dollar ten. I mean, it's just going to move really, really fast. And so what this means is that as you get into expiration week, you could be in a situation where a 10 cent move or a 15 cent move in the stock could create the difference between a $500 profit and a $500 loss. It can happen that fast in some positions. So you have to be aware of this gamma risk or this acceleration in pricing movement during the week of expiration. And what does this mean? This means that make your decisions quickly during the first part of the week as to positions you want to take off that are profitable because they may not be profitable at the end of the day. You take those positions off and you start working your way down the list of things that are marginal and start moving those out as much as quickly as you can. Okay. So again, don't gamble with positions that are on the fence. Make a decision what to do, work down the checklist we just went through and get those trades either off or out to the next month. The second point I want to make, and this is really important, is that you have to be less aggressive in adjusting risk to find positions. I kind of say this a lot and we've talked about this uh, previously in podcasts, but Please understand that when you have a risk-defined position, so anything where you don't have undefined risk, so like your credit spreads, your debit spreads, your iron condors, your iron butterflies, those are risk-defined positions. You can be a little bit less aggressive during the week of expiration because you've got contracts on both sides, your long and short contracts, so it's not going to move around as much as some of the undefined risk positions are. And so for that reason, you can be a little bit less aggressive in getting those positions off to the next month. You can give yourself a little bit more time. Now, does this mean you take all of your undefined, your risk-defined positions all the way right up to the doorstep of expiration? No, it just means that maybe you deal with your undefined risk positions first on Monday, and then maybe Monday afternoon you deal with the other ones, or Tuesday you deal with your risk-defined positions, right? So again, really kind of focusing on the positions that could hurt you the most, that need to be managed and given the most attention early, and then work your way backwards from there. So as always, hopefully you guys enjoy this little show. Before we get into the closing bell segment, again, I want to talk through our freebie that we're giving out here on today's podcast. It is our seven-step trade entry checklist. So if you've been kind of wondering, okay, well, I understand what to do with expiration week now that we've gone over it, but I don't yet know how to get into trades, this seven-step trade entry checklist is going to really help you out. Again, it's completely free, all, and you can get it by going to optionalpha.com slash seven steps. That's just the number seven, optionalpha.com slash seven steps, or by texting in the words seven steps, all one word, number seven, S-T-E-P-S, to the short code 44222. So if you're right on your mobile phone right now, just go ahead and text in seven steps to 44222 and to your email address when I reply back to you and you'll get a copy of that sent right to your email 
right now while you're on your mobile phone. So let's get into the closing bell segment and look at a new trade that we're making in IWM. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell segment, we are looking at a new position that we're getting into here in IWM. Now, IWM is the major market ETF for basically the Russell. It's kind of like its little brother to the RUT. And right now, the market has seen a little bit of a sell-off here as of the time of this recording. And so what we're doing here is getting into this first set of iron condors in IWM. Now, what we always try to do is try to leg or ladder into positions meaning we'll sell a set of iron condors now, do another set later on, maybe another set later on. But I like this position in IWM because we're doing a wide iron condor, high probability of success, and taking in a pretty good premium as well. So at the time that we're recording this video, IWM right now is trading right at about 118, 119 or so. So it's actually had a little bit of a sell-off from 125 at its recent high just last month. And implied volatility is starting to really ramp up. It's around the 46th, the 47th percentile here. So almost at that 50th percentile level. And so what we're doing is we're selling the uh, 70% probability of success iron condor. And what that means is that each short leg in our iron condor is at the 15% probability of success level. Or if your broker platform doesn't have probability levels, you can use the 15 delta as your probability level. So we're just doing a very systematic, very religious trade here and continuing to sell premium. In this case with IWM, we're selling the 125, 130 credit call spread. So again, that's selling the 125 call, buying the 130 call, that's $5 away. And then down below the market, we're selling the 110 put and buying the 105 put down below the market for that credit put spread. So again, these two put credit spreads combined together to create this iron condor. Ideally, we want to see IWM trade between 125 and 110, which is actually a pretty good range for the, about the next month and a half. That's a pretty big range for the market to be trading in in the next month and a half. And uh, we're taking in a credit of about 105 here. Risk is just under $400, so a pretty decent trade. Again, just the beginnings of building a position in IWM. And again, we'll add to this position later on. For those of you who are pro and elite members, you obviously have already gotten this alert before this podcast went live. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and again, got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, some links mentioned in the show, and some related video training on options expiration by going to the show notes page at optionalpha.com slash show 70. That's just the number 70, optionalpha.com slash show 70. Until next time, happy trading.